This is LA Court Report, covering Southern California's boys' high school basketball scene. Going to games, running events, hosting Zoom conversations. And now, the podcast. This is the LA Court Report podcast. I'm Steve Wax, here with LA Court Report co-founder Brad Enright. And our guest today is University of Redlands head coach, Eric Bridgeland. Coach Bridgeland, welcome. Thanks, guys. I'm ecstatic to be here. Got a lot of respect for what you guys do. Rather than us do the talking, though, can you spend a few minutes telling us about the broad strokes of your career? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm a Division Three guy. Uh, I've been at... Uh, See, uh, volunteered at uh, University of West Florida, Stephen F. Austin, Colorado School of Mines, Cal State Bakersfield, Lewis and Clark. Uh, I, I miss somebody in there. Um, Santa Cruz, Puget Sound, Pepperdine, Whitman, and uh, now Redlands. Uh, I'm a, a West Coast guy for sure now. Uh, I absolutely love um, not being pressured into uh, winning in um, doing the right things and uh, getting your guys where they aspire to be, which is all I really care about. Uh, and I found out early on that, that uh, you, you know, only the head coach is in charge of the umbrella of, uh, of what the culture is going to be. And, and uh, I found out as an assistant, sometimes I had a, you know, okay, this is not what I'm in it for. Right. Um, I love our guys and uh, I can create our own culture to um, attempt to take care of them, teach them something and uh, get them set up. And that's, that's the game to me. So broad strokes, that's what I got. Coach, your 2019 seniors at Whitman graduated as the winningest class in NCAA Division Three history as they contributed to three undefeated titles in conference play and a 67 conference game win streak. So while there are numerous topics that we'd love to talk to you about, and hopefully we can have you as a guest again in the future, we'd love to focus today's session on goal setting and program evaluation. So heading into a season, can you talk about the goal setting that you do with your players, both as a team and with players individually? Um, I, our uh, program goal is um, you know, uh, kind of a twofold, right? One is uh, how, much, um, how much fun we can have. Um, I think that's kind of lost in the game today where you know, it's all, all about intensity and, and uh, making people uncomfortable because you only grow when you're uncomfortable and, and, and um, having fun. Like it's a fun game, you know, it's, it's a kid's game. So how much, how much fun can we have? Uh, and then two, getting them where they aspire to be, literally getting them where they aspire to be, you know, and uh, that can be in a basketball sense that can be beyond basketball. You know, uh, uh, one of our favorite stories is um, Austin Butler, who's from uh, Buckley here uh, in Los Angeles and, and you know like he wanted to be a pro and he wanted to play pro and so he um, he had uh, a contract in Australia he could uh, get his master's paid for in England um, then he decided that he wanted to be an agent and he changed that and then he thought about wanting to be on the basketball side of things uh, in the NBA and so he was on the, uh, we got him on the phone with Terry Stotts uh, you know and so he um, literally came down to okay I have an entry-level position with, with the Blazers I can get my um, one year a master's paid for uh, in England, or I can play in Australia. And he was like, you know, 
coach, what do I do? <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Let's do the pros and cons. But this is exactly where we wanted to be after four years, right? And, and, and uh, that's the whole goal of the program is uh, getting them where they aspire to be. You know, um, in terms of individually goal setting, I mean, uh, we kind of focus on a, a growth mindset in, in um, developing habits that turn into daily routines um, that grow into uh, where you want to be, you know? Um, and there's a routine for everything, right? Whether you're shooting a free throw, uh, whether you're getting ready for a game, whether you're approaching a job interview, what are your routines? What are your habits in those routines? So we focus a lot on those cause they're actionable, like in a sense, right? Um, in uh, all of that would begin with, in our uh, second week of school where we have a uh, time management seminar going, and once they have all their classes locked in and we break down all the hours in the week and, you know, and we, and then we just begin, you know, and that's, um, that's kind of where we focus that part on. Um, uh, as far as a team, uh, it's a hundred percent growth mindset. Uh, there's no, you know, uh, goal setting of, we want to win a national championship or that kind of thing. You know, uh, coach K put it best that, you know, that's a, a destination, you know, um, not a goal, you know, it's so we have these measurements that we do and, and um, we keep track of those measurements and they're, they're almost all based on um, e um, effort, right? Not, not so much uh, how many points we score or whatever. Did we try to run, right? How, not how many times did we run, how many times did, did all five guys give a really good effort on trying to run and get down the floor, right? Stuff like that. And so we, so we monitor those and, and we um, really try to get, just a little bit better at those things day to day and game to game. Um, then all of a sudden, you know, those things kind of take off and all of a sudden you're um, running at an 80% clip where at the start of the year you were at maybe 59 or something like that. Right. Um, daily emphases coaches talk about that for us. It's a big deal. Uh, so, you know, if it's um, on offense, it might be jump stops, you know, and so you got to jump stop when you get to the paint, for instance, uh, if it's um, defensively, it's rebounding with two hands. You know, if it's um, leadership wise, it might be tight huddles or uh, put ups or those things sound like little kind of uh, kids things that you would do maybe for a youth clinic. But uh, they when you work on those things just a little bit daily, all of a sudden it grows, you know, it grows. So we focus on those daily actionable things um, that uh, maybe seem insignificant or, you know, uh, but those things kind of, uh, you know, add up, you know. Uh, and I'm sorry, what's a put up? That's a great question, Steve. I could not have thought of a better question. I didn't even think about, wow, that, that's one of the best questions that I've had all day. Yeah. <laughs> really, what is it, Eric? Um, noticing, noticing something that, that a teammate's doing, right? You know, it could, be, uh, it could be pointing to the past, could be, uh, boy, John, that was a great two-handed rebound. That was really, really good. And then hearing that, right? Uh, hearing those positive things that you're noticing about your teammates. Uh, and, you know, for so many reasons, right? When it's a, a daily emphasis and whatever it is, but, but then also brings people together, right? Which is the whole goal of the deal anyway. So. so when the season comes to an end, how do you conduct the evaluation to analyze how close or far you were from meeting your targets? This was a tough question. Um, like, we have, we have target goals that, that we want to keep growing in a positive direction. There's no, well, hey, we got there, you know. Uh, um, so it, it's a complete growth mindset. 
right out of Carol, you know, Carol Dweck, you know, uh, with specific measurements, uh, definitely not fixed. And we have measurements we had from like years past, right? And so we uh, gauge where we're at. But, you know, some teams aren't as, let's just use the break, for instance, because we run a lot, um, aren't as fast as teams before, right? So it's not about them. We might have target goals, but then we just keep trying, how much better can we get? And we might even take a look at how much we improved from the very beginning of the year until the end and then weigh that versus years past, right? That's a more of an um, actionable uh, percentage or, you know, uh, you know, goal, right? So that that process of trying to get better daily or, you know, a game to game, it's always under construction as you guys probably know. Right. Um, yeah. So you talked a little about this. What are the specific measurables that you look for daily? Uh, if it's, um, if it's a practice, you know, like I said, it would be more on, um, what we're, what we're emphasizing that practice. Um, if it's a game, you know, we've got things on the uh, um, defensive side and then also on the offensive sides that we emphasize, right? So, like, uh, getting to the paint's a big deal. You know, when we get to the paint, we get fouled 26, 27, or score percent more of the time when we touch the paint first, right? So we're constantly evaluating that, right? Um, you know, and maybe it's um, the sense of urgency on the break, right? Uh, if we're really trying to run or not, right? We even chart huddles, right? And it's and it's so funny when we're really, really focused um, in the games that we're really, really good, we might have 65, 66 huddles. You know, now that might get cut down because of COVID, you know, it's more of like a, maybe a hand in the middle, I don't know. But uh, in the games where we're not quite as focused, it's really, really interesting that we're maybe in the low 40s, right? So we um, keep track of more of um, those types of things. Um, yeah. And are there ever times you don't meet your goals, but you feel satisfied, as well as are there times where you meet all of your goals, but you feel unfulfilled? You know, that was another tough question. Like, um, I don't know if uh, we ever feel that we didn't meet them. You know, um, you know, the goal was fun. You know, how much fun can we have? And uh, that's always front and center. And then to uh, do our best, right? Getting a little bit better every day. I mean, I, that sounds just like a, a juvenile answer, but, um, I mean, like, that's honestly, um, you know, kind of where it's at, you know, like, uh, maybe it's, uh, you know, at times the guys, like, for instance, we lost in the Elite Eight the year after we lost in the Final Four, um, and we just got blown out of the water by uh, Nebraska Wesleyan. And there's times when you feel like um, we didn't meet expectations, maybe, um, but it's more like uh, when the season ends, it's always a train wreck, but in maybe losing to a team that again, wins the national championship. That seems to be our MO if you beat us, we win the national championship. But like it, it, uh, it almost feels like, gosh, could we have gone farther or, you know, it, uh, you know, it's, it's really weird. We're on the topic. Like we would win a sweet 16 game and they're so used to doing it and their goals are so much higher in their heads. Right. That they're not doing the champagne thing all around the locker room. Like, you would hope, like you see on TV, it's like they're like getting ready for the next game. And you're, you know, like you almost have to purposely create that atmosphere. You, you know, uh, yeah, I'm kind of getting off B, but yeah. Eric, one question. You talk about your, are the goals and the things that you evaluate and consider, are those pretty uniform or will they, or do you ever change them game to game based on a particular opponent or maybe something that you didn't do well the previous game, you might put more emphasis on the next game? 
Yeah, those um, um, measurable goals, uh, you know, like yeah, like are those pretty say, uniform, or will you change them based oh, on? The we'll change them. Uh, I mean, they're they're very much uniform, but we may tweak them, right, or uh, put more emphasis on one thing. Like for instance, like if a team's got a really good shooter, uh, you know, like instead of saying, you know, like we'll have we'll have game goals for that particular opponent, um, maybe one, two, maybe three things tops that we're really really emphasizing you know, on top of our uniform stuff, right? Uh, one might be um, limiting threes for so-and-so, right? Uh, one one thing that I found is, uh, I mean, really, this is a whole nother deal, but how much pressure can you take off your team? You know, uh, you know, fun, measurable goals. We're going to try to get better. And that's uh, two ways to put it on the board, right? No threes for Steve Wax. Okay, well, you just put pressure on your team, right? All of a sudden, it's like no three. So if he gets one, all of a sudden, you see everyone kind of, uh-oh, as opposed to, uh, you know, um, let's see if we can limit the threes for wax and see how our rotations are, right? He's, he's going to get one or two, right? Let's really, really work on our rotations and see if we can get a little bit better there. There's no, there's no pressure to that. You know, so we uh, take that approach an awful lot in terms of uh, no absolutes, right? We, we, do, we just try to get better. Sometimes it's not going to go our way. It's the way it happens. That approach has been very, very good for us because it, it just, it takes the pressure off your team, right? Have fun. Hey, we'll do our best. Sometimes it's not going to work out. Long answer. You ever, do you ever feel like the focus on fun can create the wrong mindset? Do you ever feel like players that, well, let's just have fun. I coach. feel like, if um, you're recruiting, uh, you know, how are, you know, how are you recruiting? You, you know, um, the guys you get, like we take a, a real stoicism approach on things. Uh, you know, if uh, uh, you read the obstacle is the way by um, uh, Ryan holiday, we're actually going through that book report as a team right now. If you recruit the right kind of guys, then you want them to have fun because they're so driven and intense themselves and, and, putting anxiety and pressure on themselves in every aspect, academically, basketball-wise. They're so driven that the more fun you can create with those guys, and those are the guys that we recruit, guys that want to do things with whatever they have their hands on, right? So having fun is exactly what they need. Taking the emphasis and being detached from outcome is exactly what those driven guys need, you know, because they're not on the couch, right? So you know, having fun is a great recipe and being detached from outcome for motivated guys. And so that is front and center with our approach with them. Thank you. Can you share with us some of the questions you pose to your team during the evaluation process? Uh, like at the very beginning, uh, uh, we talked about getting them where they aspire to be. Uh, and the uh, relationship piece is front and center, you know, um, we have exit interviews with each player each year and like literally 95% of those questions are how we could have done me, I, or we could have done a better job with their experience, right? Like what, what, what could the coaches have done better this year? Right. Um, how could we have used your skills better? Right. How could we have motivated you better? Uh, if you could change one thing about our program, what would you change? Right. What do we have to do as a staff differently to uh, take a step forward this year? So, I, I, I mean, it's all about them critiquing us, 
um, you know, and because of the relationship, you know, and we might preface it with, we're not perfect. And each year we take the meat of those exit interviews and go, okay, what are they telling us? Right. They don't want chicken and red sauce and rice for every single pregame. <laughs> they want to, you know, they want variety. They don't want, so, you know, you know, so it's, it's, uh, we learn a lot from those. Uh, and they're very honest in those evaluations of us. Can you share with us a time a player gave you feedback you weren't expecting and that feedback helped you personally develop as a coach? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, one of my greatest failures um, was we had, um, we had a player, uh, we got upset in the first round of the playoffs. And um, I, walked, uh, I walked across the street. Um, I, what? That's a long story. I saw him the next morning in, um, in our uh, exit interviews, and it was too soon, right? Emotion was there. We just lost the night before. And I said, what the hell happened out there? And, I mean, I was all over those guys. This was probably 10 years ago. All over them. Intense, like, even at halftime. Is this how you want to go out? Is this how you want to, you know? And I had no idea what I was doing, you know? And um, he just looked at me. And this is the guy that I'm closest with. This is my guy. And he's one of these analytical guys where like, if like you ask him how he's doing, he like takes two or three seconds to good, pretty good. He didn't just say it at lays a greeting. Right. So I asked him, you know, what the hell happened out there? And he said, um, doesn't want to look in the eye. And he looks me dead in the eye. He goes, I just think everybody wants you to believe in them. Wow. And if and if uh, you care about your players, or if if um if a uh, you're if you're in it for the right reasons, that'll hit you like a two by four. And it hit me, and from that very moment, the number one thing besides having fun was believing in every single one of our guys. I thought I was doing it, but I was so far off that. And so, no matter what, every guy that we coach knows that that I'm gonna get that. Like I. I have got them. I believe in them. I'm with them on and off the floor. There's no, that's one non-negotiable of always with them. Always with them. And that changed my whole approach to what we were doing. He also said it in such a way that you weren't defensive, that you were able to consume the point of his point. Yeah. How could I be? I mean, if um, I were defensive, that would have been horrible. Uh, you know, I, I mean, right. You know, uh, it was, um, I remember losing that game in walking across the street. We had just finished um, in a second place for six straight years. Granted, Whitman had never won anything, but, you know, like to finish second straight, you know, six straight years, that'll, that'll uh, test you a little bit, right? And I remember walking up the, the stairs in the hotel room and looked in the mirror, flipped on the light, and I just stared at myself. And I'm like, you know what? I forgive you. And I, and I say, you know, I don't know. I can't work any harder. I can't care anymore. Maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe I'm just not good enough. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. If we never win the conference, if we never win another game, I'm okay with that because I can't be given anything else to it. And from that moment, I became detached from outcome. I hope we win. Can't control it. And, and from that moment, we, we were already winning, you know, 75% of our, you know, whatever, games. 
we took a whole nother level up because of I stopped trying to focus on winning. How about that? It's a paradox. It's crazy. But that, but like that, that little swing changed my whole approach. Well, that's, there's so much value in what you're saying. It's almost hard to go on with the next question. But the next question would be, you really emphasize the huddle. You've emphasized the put-ups. When you have those exit interviews, how much of the exit interview is about team cohesion and group dynamics? I mean, um, you want to say 100% because that's all that matters. Maybe you know, I would I'm probably say 90%. I mean, you know, I was, um, I was actually looking at that before we visited. I'm thinking, well, you know, what's the, you know, but like, I, that's all that matters. You know, if you don't have that, then you've got no shot to do what you want to do. So it all kind of begins with that, right? doesn't matter the talent level. Excuse me. Sure. And is the process different with your seniors than players who will be returning for you the following year in terms of the exit interview? No, it's it's um, usually a very happy time because they're they're um, they're on their way um, to uh, either they're a pro contracts right uh, or um, what they want to do beyond basketball, and we've already been setting that up. So it's it's um, usually a, a very very happy conversation in a like wow it's been four years <laughs> it's crazy, um, but I mean it always revolves around you know did we serve you well. You know, what would you change about what we're doing? You know, and those are the greatest conversations because they can tell you whatever they want to um, tell you because there's no playing time attached to it. There's no, that you're going to get the truth, you know, the truth, you know. So um, that's a, a great conversation to have because that's when you uh, really grow the most. And I know that you conduct mock job interviews with your seniors. Can you talk us through one of them? You know, I was um, thinking about that too. Like, um, we do so many things, um, professional and personal development wise. Uh, I mean, it's always front and center, right? Whether it's on um, public speaking, we'll have a, a meet and greet in town where there will be 7,500 people there and our guys will get up and they'll introduce each other and, um, we'll discuss how to do that and eye contact and, you know, um, how to greet and shake hands. That's a big deal. You know, most guys, you know, will, don't, don't really know how to shake a hand. And then I don't know if we're ever going to go back to shaking hands, but you know, like they, you know, they don't know how to make eye contact like they should and, and really make a first impression in, you know, someone that you're meeting, like you are somebody, you know? So we uh, talk about that a lot. Um, you know, how, um, how long your tie is wearing a belt, uh, you know, those things play, you know, uh, how to, how to create conversations with um, older generations, right. Thinking outside yourself, and in uh, being about them, you know, what's your name? Where are you from? How'd you make it here? Uh, you know, like we uh, constantly bring in leaders in uh, Zooms or Lieutenant Colonel from the Marine Corps every fall. I mean, there's constant leaders and people that have done amazing things that are constantly in front of them. So to um, limit it to one thing, you know, uh, thank you cards, you know, um, how to how to really separate yourself from the average in a positive way. And, and we're always talking about that, whether it be work ethic wise or including a little Starbucks card in your thank you card. You know, uh, everybody sends an email. You know, it's got to be handwritten. It's got to look like this. We're very uh, detailed with that stuff. Okay. Can you talk about your postseason performance evaluations of your assistant coaches? Uh you know what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Again. Um, 
like our players, like uh, our assistants know that we're there for them. So there's uh, now like, like I'm starting to get up there, right? Like there's uh, three or four assistants that are now head coaches, you know, um, and there's uh, uh, guys that are going on to be assistants at other places at higher levels too. And so like, um, I'll give you an example. Uh, one of our coaches last year uh, was uh, a job opened up in November. And it was me that brought the job to him and said, you need to be all over this, right? He wants to be a head coach. And, and, he, and he just kind of looked at me and he's, and he's like, well, you would be okay with me? Absolutely, I would be leaving in, in the middle of the year. We'll figure it out. That's why you're, you know. So like the players, I think, um, the assistants know that that uh, I or you know me am 100% behind a their uh, development and then also getting them where they aspire to be. There's nothing more important than that. So like we talk about uh, you know development, um, I rarely get upset um, with assistants. Uh, I mean, if um, they miss something in a scout, you know, uh, it's the very first play of their last game. I might get upset over that, right? How could you miss that? You know, um, or like, why'd you miss that? What's the, you know, but like more so it's like, okay, at a motivated division one, you you can't act like this. You have to act like this, this, and this. They're going to want you to do this, you know, because most of the time their uh, career goals are not to be an assistant at Redlands, right? So they want to move up or be head coaches. So I'm constantly um, speaking to their aspirations that way, uh, you know, and um, how to get them there. And so, like, in terms of their evaluations and performance stuff, you know, I mean, that's – I'm kind of always um, speaking to that. If it's a matter of something uh, critically, right, I'll use myself and say, you know, I've got so many shortcomings that you can't count. You know, like, I've got so many weaknesses. You know, um, we all have things that we got to work on. I had to work on this, this, and this. Here's where I think you've got to work on, right? And, and that's just one man's opinion. It doesn't mean anything, right? So you can throw it in the trash. This is what I would – this is what I would say if you asked me, you know, uh, and then that's usually 5% of what we're talking about. The other, the other 95 is the, is the great job that they've done, what they do really, really well. You always open with that, of course. Um, but that's usually the approach. Can you talk about a time something an assistant coach did made you legit feel like you were a better head coach? What an assistant coach did that made me feel like I was a better head coach. I'm, what do you mean? I'm sorry. Better, you got feedback from an assistant. You took that feedback and instantly or soon after became a better head coach. I Man, I'd say that happens all the time. Um, you know, like, like um, I've been learning so much from, like, uh, right now we have Michael Lenahan uh, with us, who was at UCI. You guys probably know him. He is an absolute bear of a recruiter. Maybe the best recruiter that I've ever been around. And so, like, I'm learning from him left and right. I mean, his persistence and his diligence, you know, he'll write things down on a pad, you know, like 25 straight things he's got to do and just cross them out like one after one. And I'm like, what have I been doing for 30 years in this deal? Like, am I just a complete clown? Cause he, cause he's that good. You know, like they will bring stuff all the time to me to where, and, and like, quite frankly with the players too, like we will tell them at the start of the year, the goal is to make coaching obsolete right? I promise you, we don't have the answers, right? We've got 30 years of experience. We got this guy, we got that. And we have a plan. We formulated a plan. Doesn't make it the right plan. 
right? It's got all of our experience tied up in it. This is what we know. If you got something better, knock on the door, call me, come see me and go, why are we doing this? Wouldn't this be better? Please do that. And that's the same with assistance. Cause I mean, you know, you, you just keep getting better. You know, it's, so it's, we don't have the answers. I don't know a thing. I, I swear to God, I don't know a thing. I, I just keep accumulating stuff that's worked and try. And so when the guys bring stuff to me, I mean, they do it all the time. Yeah. So then the last question that we would have is you talked about that moment you looked at yourself in the mirror. How do you evaluate your own effectiveness as a head coach and what type of feedback do you solicit from the people around you? Well, I don't know, like, um, I think the approach of not knowing and um, the, the um, leadership trait of humility, uh, I don't know a thing. And I, I don't, like, I feel like what I've accomplished, if it's whatever I've accomplished, is nothing. So I don't have a... Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm doing a good job. Um, what I what I focus on within our program is getting our guys set up. Um, and I don't know if I'm uh, answering the question. Um, say it again, just so yeah. How do how do you evaluate your own effectiveness as the head coach, and what type of feedback do you solicit from the people around you, players, assistant coaches, your AD, those end of year meetings? Yeah, I mean, uh, getting our guys where they aspire to be. Did they have a great experience? Are they where they aspire to be? You, you know, uh, and did we do a good enough job within that process to get them there? Did we get them internships, in, you know, three out of the four summers, right? Or I should say um, two out of the three summers, right? Did we do that? Uh, you know, uh, did they have a great experience? What did they learn? Um, you know, like, could they, could, they be, could they be honest, you know? Um, I mean, that's how I, you know, like, you know, it's funny in, um, from Whitman to Redlands, right? When I, uh, when we got the job and everything else, um, whoever made up the video, I think it was Matt Airy, who's now uh, going to have a monster year. Yeah. Um, at Aurora in Chicago, our, our former associate head coach, you know, like he had a, a video made up and, and like, there must've been 50 people in that video of just like players saying stuff and everything else. And I almost felt like I was retiring. Like it was or, 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 like, what, you know, but like the relationships of those guys, when you go through the fires together and you uh, figure it out together and they know 100% that you're about them uh, and you don't waver on that. I mean, I mean that if I didn't feel like that, I would know that I was a complete failure. Um, but I mean, that's the goal and we do our uh, best with it. Not everyone feels like that. Most do, uh, but you just do your best with that front and center. And then, you know, I mean, that's whether I know if I'm, I'm getting that kind of feedback from the guys that, that uh, I've coached, right? Absolutely. And this would be a great place to stop and say, coach, we can't thank you enough for your time, for your candor, for your wisdom. Thanks so much for being with us today. <laughs> wisdom. You, you must, you must define that differently than I do. Uh, no, no, it was great. Um, I love you guys. I got so much respect for you guys uh, as uh, colleagues, and, and uh, we've known each other for such a long time. And for what the LA Court Report does, you guys, man, it's a big deal. And, and uh, uh, 
uh, a privilege to be on here with you. So thank you very much for the opportunity. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you for tuning in to the LA Court Report podcast, an LA Court Report production.